those brief moments when a simple act of kindness can and does have a powerful effect. Such was the case of Greg Yancey when he visited a place that had such an event that occurred to him over 25 years earlier. 25 years ago, Greg Yancey arrived in the tiny town of Nyota, Illinois, on the banks of the Mississippi River. And he was serving time for a drug conviction and was sent to Nyota with a group of inmates to shore up the town's levee. While visiting, Greg ran into Naoma Farr, whose act of kindness changed his life. In his words, he describes the feeling and power of that event that earlier had happened. They let us know that we were going to help with sandbagging, and I really didn't know what sandbagging was. I was just happy that we were getting away from the prison compound, and when I came to the river for the first time, I put my hands in, put it on my face, and felt the freshness of the water. Naomi Farr, who lived with her children in the town, observed from a distance the work that the inmates were performing. And Naomi recalled the event in her discussion with Greg. I saw how hard you worked, like it was your home that you were trying to save. So I thought at lunchtime, I could go over and help feed everybody. You guys were so young and I had children your age, and I thought about, if these were my children, how would I want them to be treated? So I treated you like you were mine. And Greg said, we all felt that. And that was when, why when the town flooded, that crushed us. When the levee broke, we were all upset because we didn't think that we had done our job. I couldn't look at anybody that day. But you worked your tails off, said Norma. We had so much respect for you guys, it wasn't like, well, if they would have worked harder or faster, we were all in there together. Greg, and thinking back as he was telling his story, it had been 25 years since he had been back in that town, and the flood changed his life. When he was doing all this stuff, it made him feel like he had had a purpose. He felt when he was sandbagging and helping people a form of compassion. I'd never been in a situation where complete strangers helping each other I mean, this experience is like one of those things I put up on a pedestal in my life. Norma said, back then we didn't get to meet you as a person. I never got to know anybody's name. I'm just so excited that today I get to meet you as a man, as your name is Greg, and I'm just happy to meet you. Sometimes the greatest ministry we offer to each other is the way we know, hold, and love each other. A good way to do that is through encountering each other's stories. Storytelling is, an unu is a natural as breathing. When something happens in our lives, whether good or bad, we always want to tell someone. And we feel like we'll burst sometimes if we don't. When we see a loved one in the evening after a long day, we want to hear their story. We usually greet them with this simple, universal question, how was your day? Since storytelling is such an integral part of our lives, 
It's unsurprising to learn that it benefits beyond entertainment or information. According to a December 2016 article in the New York Times, nursing homes and assisted living facilities are beginning to offer storytelling as programs for their residents. And some participants have written full memoirs as part of these programs, while others have simply written short sketches about their lives. Regardless of the participants' output, the effects of these programs have been profound. Through simple telling them stories, these older adults have found confidence, peace, and it has offered them to forgive themselves for past mistakes or help the process, to process their feelings of grief. Studies have also found that storytelling benefits young children. Practicing that craft improves language skills and memory, develops imagination, and enhances cultural understanding. If these benefits can be found with groups of divergent as older adults and young children, wouldn't it only make sense that the list of benefits of these groups could apply to all? The nonprofit organization StoryCorps has embraced the importance of storytelling and the attendant benefits by providing spaces to interview. And I don't know if any of you listen to NPR, but I highly recommend it because I have found those stories to be very powerful as people talk to each other and share stories that they have never shared before. And so storytelling is an act that many see as beneficial even a process of peace, of coming together and understanding each other. Conflict expert Kurti Jamar explored storytelling as a way of creating empathy and a means of making peace. And he says that when people listen to the stories of others, they learn to empathy, have empathy at the tragedies that they learn about and gain from strength that is developed by listening. Hearing the stories of others challenge preconceived notions that we hold, and it also gives the storyteller a safe place to tell the truth and to heal. In this exchange, the storyteller and the listener begin to lay the groundwork of a peace and understanding together. Such was the case of a story that was told to me while I was serving as the interim minister at the Cape Town Unitarian Church. And this was told to me by a lifetime member of the Cape Town Unitarian Church. And I'm sharing this with you today because I think it's the perfect way for me to introduce to you a key South African concept called Mbute. This story is about true collaboration Shelley Diskin, the Cape Town Unitarian and an anthropologist, had been studying the habits and customs of the Zulu tribe in South Africa, which actually South Africa is composed of about 14 different tribes. Um, the Zulu and the Kosa happened to be the largest. Um, and she had finished her work and she was seeing all these children and she was waiting for a transportation that would take her back to her um, to the airport so she could go back home. And so to help pass the time before she left, she thought, well, there's all these children, I'm going to propose a game. And so she bought lots of candy and sweets in the city and she put everything in a basket with a beautiful ribbon. And she placed it under a tree and then she called the kids together. 
and she drew a line on the ground and explained that they should wait behind the line for her to give the signal, and that when she said go, they should rush over to the basket, and the first to arrive there would win all the candies. When she said go, they all unexpectedly held each other's hands and ran off towards the tree as a group. And once there, they simply shared the candy with each other and happily ate it. The anthropologist was very surprised. She asked them why they had all gone together, especially if the first one to arrive at the tree could have won everything in the basket. All the sweets, a young girl simply replied. How can one of us be happy if all the others are sad? The anthropologist, she said she was dumbfounded. For months and months she had been studying the Zulu tribe, and yet it was only now that she really understood their true essence. In South Africa, Nelson Mandela introduced the term Mbunte, which is a Zulu term meaning humanity. It is often translated as, I am because we are, or humanity towards others, but it is often used to mean the belief in a universal bond of sharing that connects all humanity. While serving in South Africa, I observed the term Mbute being practiced, and I remember visiting a member, a grandmother, and she shared with me the work that she and her band of other grandmothers do each day to help young South Africans who are living with AIDS. She put Mbute into action by creating a network where those being diagnosed with AIDS could receive education, housing, and home-cooked meal. And in the 10 years that her group has been formed, well over 7,500 young people have been helped. She looks at her work as trying to do her part in taking care of mostly strangers that her community can grow, love, and help each other in the process. She told me she sees her work as being human and hopes that her gift can not only be a gift to South Africans, but also to the rest of the world. Her gift not only embraces hospitality and cares about others, but stands as a witness of what being willing to go the extra mile for the sake of another can do. She stated to me, I believe that a person can discover who they are as they reach out and do something for another. I also believe that my own humanity is all caught up, bound up with others in my community. When I dehumanize someone, I dehumanize myself. Therefore, I seek to work for the common good because humanity comes into its own in a community where we all belong and help each other. That day I came away trying to imagine living my life with this type of mindset. Can you imagine everyone else around you having the same mindset? If that were the case, is there anything that we could not accomplish together? One of the sanctuary walls in the Unitarian Church in Cape Town, South Africa, you find the following African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together.
For my experiences of living in South Africa and coming home, this word, Ubuntu, is very high in the people's belief system. And since being back in the United States, I have often wondered about how we as Universalist Unitarians can practice this art of connection in a way of being that the South Africans have so embraced. I believe that one way to begin that is through sharing our stories with each other. Each of us, each of you, has a story, and it might be an unraveling history spotted with shame, regret, disappointment, but also a history with excitement, success, and love. Sometimes it can be difficult when we share our stories because they become an invitation to allow others to know us more intimately, to understand us with more clarity, and to liberate us on levels that we never imagined possible. A few years ago, I was visiting my mom, and she was in a sharing mood this one particular evening, and began to share with me stories of when she was a little girl growing up. She told me of her struggle in the neighborhood. Her family lived in a very Catholic neighborhood, and her, yet her parents and her were Jewish. She shared with me how she felt the most intense battles of her life were fought in her mind and in her heart. The shame, regret, fear, and at times deep despair that she felt as she battled with self-doubt. The other frights played out in the barren plains of her mind, and she questioned who she was, and if she could ever fit in, and how could she could ever be accepted. As I sat and listened to her recall and share her stories, I was awakened to the simple fact that many of the challenges and fears that I had faced as a young man growing up had been faced by my mom many years before. I felt a connection that day to my mom and gained an increase in understanding of myself that day, which has remained with me. So what does all this have to do with each of you? Quite a lot. Because as hard as it is to grasp Though we all wrestle with demons, we seem blinded to the fact that there is another human being who could possibly understand what we're experiencing. And when we begin to pull back the curtain of our hearts and reveal who we really are, when we share our stories, it builds unbelievable rapport, opening doors of friendship and deepening relationships that heal and bring wholeness. When we share our stories, it promotes transparency and reduces defensiveness, inviting others to walk with us in our pain and in our development. But perhaps most importantly, it gives freedom for the holy to fold through us into the hearts and souls of those with whom we share our stories. It seems strange to have to admit that I hadn't been able to grasp the impact my growing up years had had on me as an adult until I heard the stories of my mother in her growing up years. So many of the decisions and life choices we make are a direct result of the circumstances 
we experience as children. But we can't lose sight of the fact that our stories are still being written and will continue to be revealed as long as we're on this planet. Everyone has a story, and everyone's story matters. It's important to tell your stories, but sometimes it can feel uncomfortable, and, well, it almost always makes us a little uncomfortable, but you know, that's okay. The reason it can make us uncomfortable and nervous is because we're authentically sharing a part of our lives with people, and that takes courage. And some of our stories are fun and easy to share, but others may be painful or difficult to share. And one of the most common things that people say is, I don't have a story, or my story is small compared to others. But this is simply not true. Every person has a story, and any story in small ways that is shaping you or changing you is a story worth telling. So what about all of you? What is your story? And how have you been shaped by the stories that have been told to you? Today is Mother's Day, a day where we honor our mothers. And as I look out in this congregation this morning, I see mothers, daughters, sons, grandmothers, granddaughters, grandsons. And I can't help but think that in this gathering today are many stories that have lessons to teach, revelation to share, and lives that can be impacted. Our stories offer a curious ministry to each other. When we are curious about each other's stories, we offer recognition, acknowledgement, and an opportunity to embrace. As a congregation, our stories can teach us about how we, too, can embrace the concept of mbute. What a better world it would be if there were more people with mbute. Tremendous things come about in life when we are willing to watch out for the benefit of the entire group, rather than focusing on the benefit just to ourselves. I can tell you from my own experience that my own success has always been greatest when I focus on helping others around me to succeed. None of us exist in isolation in this world, and we're all interconnected, and we all have so much value to bring to one another's lives if we're willing to. Those children in Africa understood something we as adults could all take a lesson from. And so I challenge you, this day, this week, to find time to share a story with another. I promise you, that if you do, you will connect with that person in ways that you never thought were possible. And you will deepen those relationships that you have and will have. May we all live lives with the spirit of Mbute. I am what I am because of who we all are. May it be so.